Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Rap Theology. This is Ebony Janice, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And yeah, this is obviously an episode about Nipsey Hussle, um, who was murdered, who was forced into ancestry on Sunday, March 31st. And I have been maneuvering for the past week trying to figure out how to... um, deal with the heaviness and how to grieve and how to hold space for other people who are feeling all the things and um, to not try to jump too quickly into having this conversation because um, people are still experiencing their grief. And so the lyric in my spirit, though, is um, Nipsey Hussle. I'm prolific. I'm so gifted. I'm the type that's going to go get it. No kidding. And that lyric has just been sitting with me all week long. I've been, you know, listening to Nipsey, Nipsey um, songs and old mixtapes and interviews. And that that piece um, is it, just so profound. It's what actually inspired me to go ahead and move forward with creating this podcast, because the idea of I'm the type that's going to go get it is ultimately like. I don't, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what is, you know, heavy or difficult. Um, And life has been heavy and difficult, but I'm still going to get up. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to, you know, this, this, his whole um, language is surrounding the idea of a marathon is surrounding the idea of a race. You know, it's the marathon is so many things. It's not just a quick sprint. It's not even just a three, you know, a three mile run or a 5k or a a 10k even. A marathon, it, it can be several different things, right? Like, what does it look like for us to be able to potentially pass the baton? What does it t- t- look like for us to um, keep maintain our momentum? Like, marathon is, is so many things. And so it feels appropriate that I would be talking about Nipsey Hustle and the title of this podcast is the Nipsey Hustle Bible. Put a pen in that, okay? I'm telling you now to put a pen in that. But the the title of this is the Nipsey Hustle Bible because I want to talk about the both the socioeconomic um uh, principles that Nipsey Hussle really stood for and, you know, the codes that the codes and fundamental principles that come out of that reality. And then, but additionally, in that same vein, I want to talk about the spiritual religious um, I- impact that Nipsey Hussle has had um, on all of us. And and I would say that even if you are a non-religious person, Nipsey Hussle has obviously had an impact on all of us from a spiritual religious perspective, because our souls have been grieving, right? Like we have been having some soul spirit inner deep, not just this outward, oh my God, this young black man is gone, even though that's a major part of it, but there's been something deeper that nobody has been able to properly articulate. And so I have started calling it forced ancestry because even though I I believe that God knew it, I do not believe that it was God's desire. There's nobody that could make me believe that God wanted um, Nipsey Hussle to die in this way. I believe that he was forced into ancestry and a part of my own personal truth system and my grieving is that we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Um, And so generally when people die, I don't 
I don't use that language. I use the language of transition because I believe that they move on to become our ancestors and they, you know, they, they transition from this body, from this form into another form in the spirit. But I have, I've not been able to use the word transition because I do feel like there's some, um, yeah, just the forced ancestry of Nipsey Hussle. However, I have put together these very quick five points that go into what it looks like to create the Nipsey Hussle Bible. And again, put a pen in that, the Nipsey Hussle Bible. Um, And I just wanted to share that because I feel like there is some things that might help us a little bit in our grief. And additionally, just in celebrating in our living the life and the tutelage of Nipsey Hussle. So first of all, I want to talk about his faith. And um, so, you know, we're talking about um, a marathon, like, you know, Nipsey Hussle, that's his language. He uses the language of marathon or victory lap, like he's always talking about running a race. And that's very biblical language, right? Like the Bible uses the language of a, a, a race. The race isn't given to the swift, but he who finishes the race. Very often the Bible um, scripture is talking about what it looks like for us to endure um, the qualities that we have to have to be able to remain steadfast and unmoved, right? So all of this is this idea of create building characters building a character and having characteristics of someone who is able to last and that is so much of what Nipsey Hussle is talking about from jump um the language of his mixtapes the language of his album you know is all about this marathon um marathon run you know this marathon race continuing being able to maintain and so one of the things that I want to point out is um Uh, Nipsey Hussle says there's so much language just in his music and even in his interviews. Um, He talks about levitating. He talks about meditation. He talks about health. He talks about wellness. And there is this scripture where uh, basically Paul is saying when I'm running the race, you know, I'm training. I'm training for this spiritual race like an athlete. You know, I don't I don't just do what everybody else do. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave. Right. So I that's basically Paul saying I'm not being led by these things of my flesh. I am making my spirit be in charge so that my spirit and the things that are higher can um, instruct me and guide me. And there's so much of that messaging in Nipsey Hussle's music and in his lyrics that the idea of being able to run a marathon means that you have to literally train like an athlete in so many ways you have to beat your body you have to uh, you have to get in a, a condition in your mind and in your spirit that no matter what happens you're able to maintain and so that faith piece I think is a really big deal we hear Nipsey talking um not necessarily about one particular religious experience, even though he definitely mentions mentions Jesus quite a bit and throughout his um his uh, albums and his mixtapes, but the thing that seems to be a major part of his faith system is, um, is, is, uh, manifestation right like speaking he said I spoke some things and they came into existence um he he says I'm real big real big I knew one day I would do a real big right like he he has this meditation visualization and affirmation practice very clearly and you know if you've heard me talk at all about what it looks like to create the life that you desire to live 
I call them my power tools, meditation, meditation, visualization, and affirmation. And all of those things are covered in Nipsey Hussle's lyrics and his music and his living. So that faith piece is a big deal. The number two thing that is making up the Nipsey Hussle Bible um, is family. And he talks about, this is another part of his major messaging within this marathon um, mindset. He talks about how you have to be all in. He, He said, he has this lyric where he says, tattoos on my face, so I know I never work again. Nipsey Hussle basically, I think that's so profound. He basically is saying, I have, I have done, I have literally invested everything. I have not held anything back. And, um, and I'm all in to the point that these tattoos on my face will force me to have to, you know, jump out the window and do everything it is that I have to do. But the family piece is in that, that all in. There, there are interviews where he talks about like, man, you can't, you have to be all in. But being all in doesn't mean neglecting your children. Being all in doesn't mean not being there for your family. In fact, that is what this is for. This is for building a legacy because I would be playing myself if I was rich and my children aren't rich or you know generations from now right like we're trying to build communal wealth and we're trying to build family wealth and so we see him um, very actively and intentionally talking about his family talking about his children Um, in this within this family piece I just want to very quickly um, you know just highlight even though I feel like this could be a whole conversation within itself but the beauty of seeing him love this black woman and like like literally you know there are there are videos of them just you know being in admiration of each other and um and there's this video from Lauren London's um birthday last year where she's just thanking him for always being there for him for her and for never you know leaving her alone and he's you could hear him kind of it's kind of low but you could hear him in the background saying that's what I'm supposed to do and I'm really good at that and so I appreciate the the beauty of that but I just wanted to highlight that family piece um, within this conversation about what would the Nipsey Hustle Bible be made of definitely faith number one number two family because the idea of being all in, um, even within like the businesses that he was building and, and creating, that is all family run and then community run. And then additionally, what does it look like for you to um, create family out of community? Um, which I think is also maybe another conversation for another day, because I have some very interesting thoughts about the cultivation of family and community in Los Angeles specifically, which I have found to be in a lot of ways very different from a lot of the principles that I heard Nipsey Hussle speaking of, because L.A. can be such a hustle bustle, like always striving that I didn't necessarily experience like a very southern a more southern communal experience Um And so, but I think that there could be something to be said about what it looks like to be a part of a gang, you know, which is his background um, before this particular season of his life. And so that gang culture, number one, what does that look like? How does that cultivate new ideas of what family actually is and what community actually looks like? And then number two, um, does his, um, does his uh, Eritrean background, his family being from um, the continent of Africa, like what does that background do to contribute to how he has cultivated the idea of family and community? So all in, um, number two, part of that family. Number three, contribution to the Nipsey Hustle Bible would definitely be finances. And um, 
yeah, this there's there's so much in this finances piece. You can you can hear that probably most prominently um throughout his music because he's a rapper. <laughs> and you know rappers just be talking about, you know, he says I got so many chains I need another chest. Like, you know, so there definitely is that. But then additionally, but it's not from a a place of like that's the culture that's not all that Nipsey Hussle was talking about though because there are so many interviews and even within his lyrics where he says that you know we don't we are not just buying chains and cars and things that depreciate we're buying things that appreciate we're buying land we're buying property we're starting businesses we're you know we're uh, investing in the community and so that finances piece um, the socioeconomic discussion that he's having, um, which is which is very profound, even to see how many people from his immediate community that he was employing and um, just talking about really some very Marcus Garvey discussion. What does it look like for black people to own own everything for themselves and then build support systems? in place to make sure that we're able to maintain those things. Um, how can we protect ourselves? How can we govern ourselves? How can we care for ourselves? How can we take care of ourselves? Um, it, not just ourselves individually, but ourselves as a collective community. Because again, family is so important and community as a part of family is so important. And so, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate all the language about money. Um, there, there's one thing that really stands out to me as I'm recording this and I'm thinking about this lyric where he, in um, the song Young Nigga on his last album, Victory Lap, where he's basically like, uh, I, I remember when I was poor, um, I'm I'm not in the I ain't in the way of what you're reaching for, and and so he's there's this empathy for people who are basically hating on him, you know, people who have envy, you know, people who think negative things about him, which he also talks about that quite a bit. Like, what does it look like for people to, for you to be trying to serve these people, and you could be dead, you know, you they they could be the ones to take you out, and so which is unfortunate because isn't that what ended up happening? But he's saying, you know, open more businesses. He's saying, um, you know, I'm giving you the keys. And I, but at the same time, I see you hating on me and I'm not even mad at you because I was poor. I remember. I remember. And I also want you to know that there is more than enough for all of us. I'm not in the way of what you're reaching for. And so I appreciate that contribution. There's so much more that could be say about said about finances um, within this Nipsey Hustle Bible discussion. So I just want to leave it at that, that um, there's so much profound language around what does it look like for us to build generational wealth, communal wealth. And so, yeah, faith, number one, number two, family, number three, finances. Number four, I would like to just very briefly highlight, which I already talked about a little bit, forced ancestry. So, like I said, I have a truth system that when someone leaves this body, they transition into another form. And of course, I believe that that is what happened with Nipsey Hussle, that he has now transitioned into another form. We could feel him in the spirit. That's part of the reason why we haven't all just fell out and, you know, not been able to continue. Like people are continuing to share his message and his words. And, you know, you see so many interviews and so many pictures and so many people just talking about how heavy and difficult this has been for them because we feel his spirit. Um, uh, who said that? We feel your presence just not in the physical uh, who is that song, y'all? I can't believe I can't even think about it right now because you know exactly who it is. 
goodness gracious, I'll think about it before the end of this podcast. Um, but that's Diddy. Listen, Diddy talking about B.I.G. Um, yeah, so we feel your presence, just not in the physical. And um, that's not true. That's Jay-Z on the um, Aaliyah remix of I Miss You. Um, um, pun, we missing you. Big L, we missing you. Yeah, so that's Jay-Z. But these this part about forced ancestry then for me is I would I would include this in the Nipsey Hustle Bible because I would like to highlight something that I saw someone else touching on, which I've been talking about this, but I saw somebody else say this on social media this week um, since the passing of Nipsey Hussle. They were talking about building an altar for your ancestors and how from there's this Christian demonic. They didn't use the language Christian demonic filter because, you know, that is a language that I have coined. But they were basically saying the Christian demonic filter makes us feel like, oh, it's wrong for you to be talking about your ancestors. But I think that and I would include ancestral discussion and forced ancestry in the Nipsey Hussle Bible because it's important for us to talk about the fact that the whole Old Testament is a tribute to the ancestors. Like, that's what all of the Old Testament is about. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why are we emphasizing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and they have gone on, right? Why Why do we then go down the lineage? The lineage? We know generations before Jesus Christ was even born. We know, we know like the background of people that we didn't even get details and specifics on, but it was important for us to know the father of the father of the father of the father of the child of, right? And so why would we ever not discuss the, the, what, our ancestors, number one, and then additionally having some intentional conversation around forced ancestry from this, um, Nipsey Hussle biblical perspective, because what does it look like for somebody to literally be all in, Right. Like these other principles that we're talking about to be all in and then and then leave in in what feels like a very forced way. What does that mean? I I believe that if we were to be having a deeper conversation and, you know, for example, like a Nipsey Hussle Bible, um, that that there is something to discuss about what this life is actually for in a conversation within of a forced ancestry. So number one, I want to talk about ancestors in that discussion and the importance of ancestors. Um, even if you do have a Christian truth system and that feels demonic, the whole Bible is, you know, a culmination of like some people's ancestors, right? Like we are here because we are supposedly the descendants of somebody who was, you know, who served this guy, this guy, this guy, right, right, right. So we need to talk about that. And then finally, um, we, we have faith, family, finances, a discussion on forth an, forced ancestries. And then I just wanted to very briefly say something about Nipsey Hussle's fundamental principles, these fundamental principles that made up the life and the character of Nipsey Hussle. And that would be for me, I just, you know, would touch on his growth and evolution, which he talks about all the time in his lyrics, including his regret um, with the lifestyle that he lived before now, but also like breaking down, like if you just trying to survive, 
you can't even think about what you actually believe in. Like you can't even think about moral and ethics, morals and ethics, because you don't have any. You're just trying to eat. And and so um, it's not until you get money, you know, is what, you, what he says. It's not until you get money that you can actually step back and think like, what do I really believe in? So his growth and evolution, his his very intentional relationship with being a person of integrity and having a code. Right. He says in this interview, you know, you can't be doing weird stuff to get on, because even if you get on, that's always on your record. We always remember that you did this thing to get this access and it was weird or it was inappropriate or it was not within a code. And so now that's always on your record. Like we're going to always remember that. And even you, you know, you just hear so much language in his music and in his interviews about having a code about, you know, taking care of your community, about taking care of your people, about, you know, even when he talks about snitching, it's not even necessarily from a like, let's let people get away with stuff kind of perspective. He says in one of his songs, why would you what would have to happen in your mind for you to run to the people who hate us? Like, how how can you even you know, how can you be a snitch? How can you go to people like to this within the system that doesn't even um, care about us and give up your brother? What does that look like for you? Like how, you know, what happens to get you there? And this isn't even necessarily me saying that I agree with the idea, this idea of completely no snitching, but just if we were to be having a conversation in the Nipsey Hussle Bible about these um, fundamental principles that make up who he was. He certainly believed in living by a code, which I believe he really lived into that because look at the way that people have responded. How in the world do you get pretty much every um, g- major gang in the city of Los Angeles, California to come together on behalf of someone who is from, you know, a rival gang and, you know, had different affiliations and was having different, you know, transitions and conversations that was not within their own, you know, individual communal codes. And so, but the overall code, he, you know, of what it it looks like to be in a gang or to have community or to be in, you know, some type of, um, uh, you know, set group of people um, who live by codes, that code he clearly lived into that code, um, what one might call their G code, right? He clearly lived into that code because there's so many people that respect him and you haven't heard anything negative from those people um, about him. So, yeah, I think that those would be the those would be five of the things that I would talk about if I were to be having a conversation about the Nipsey Hustle Bible, what set of scriptures, what set of um rules to live by what set of guidance what set of spiritual tools um would be included in a conversation on uh Nipsey Hustle Bible faith family finances for ancestry and fundamental principles so those are my thoughts on that very quickly the cipher question for this week was what would you do if you had no fear and I could break these down like these individual responses but I want to tell you that 100% of the people that responded acknowledged that they were currently not in their passion 100% of the people that responded said that they would leave their job and do xyz 100% of the people that responded what would you do if you had no fear said that they would leave the thing they're currently doing to go do something drastically different. And I just wanted to point that out, particularly in this conversation about Nipsey Hussle, because go back to what he said about being all in. 
You have to be all in. What does that look like for you? I would challenge you to think about that this week. What would it look like for you to be all in? What would you do if you had no fear? The self-care share for this week is actually for yourself and for Lauren London, the wife of Nipsey Hussle. Every single time you think about Lauren London in the coming months, take a deep breath in, fill your lungs, and then deep exhale. That is a self-care share for Lauren London. Take a deep breath in for her and send her your love because I don't know how she's currently breathing. So I feel like as a community of people that love her and support her and her family, we got to breathe for her. So send Lauren London some love as a part of the self-care share. Every time you think of Lauren London, take a deep breath in, breathe for her and think of love and peace and grace and strength and everything that she needs. Just send that to her in the spirit. Y'all, I wrote an ebook. It is actually based on the topic of the last podcast episode, Be Best, Be Blessed, Be Blocked. It is a hip-hop womanist self-care manual for survival in a patriarchal white supremacist world. And I think it will bless you. You can get it on my website at thefreepeopleproject.com in the shop. It is $6. So it's an easy, quick read. It's a download. Go ahead and get that. And I would love to be in conversation more with you about that. Also, if you're not subscribed to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ebony Janice, E-B-O-N-Y-J-A-N-I-C-E. Yeah, listen, in the next 12 months, I have some really dope stuff happening every single month. People in my Patreon will either get that stuff for free, they will get it first, and or they'll get it for a ridiculous discount. So I would be there. Seriously, I would be in my Patreon if you're not already subscribed. And I appreciate y'all listening Um, I appreciate you sharing my podcast. I appreciate you commenting. I appreciate you liking. I appreciate you subscribing. I appreciate you telling your mama that I'm over here creating this rap theology conversation. I am a hip hop womanist, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Until next time, peace.